Welcome to Talk 30 to Me, a show where we talk about the perspective of 30-somethings on life, love, and the never-ending pursuit of fulfillment. My name is Anthony, but most people just call me Turg. And I'm Randy Z. Let's start the show. Because today we're, we're actually in Turg's garage. I'm sitting between... A giant's flag, which is ridiculous. Two pennants right behind you. We're not going to talk about that, but I am going to talk about the turtle on the floor right now because that kind of, I still haven't made peace with the turtle. And I told you not to mention the turtle during the podcast. <laughs> <He's>... <laughs> the turtle has no place in the podcast. <laughs> What's your turtle's name? Turtle's name is, uh, you're, you're going to love this. I felt it was a very unique representation of his personality. <laughs> do turtles have personalities yeah <laughs> I, I sure they they would have to no they're reptiles his name is turtle his name is turtle i've had him since high school since my senior year in high school and quite honestly i'm waiting for him to die <laughs> but you know as fucked up as that sounds I I, can't, I still take care of them and all that, but <laughs> it's more pain than it's worth. I mean, they're they're f- not very friendly, and uh, they're all, they're pretty high maintenance. Well, not really. I just get lazy with them. Just die. <laughs> so, um, man, it's been a while. We were supposed to actually link up last week to do the do the podcast, and uh, it didn't work out. So it worked out. But we didn't. We decided not to record. Oh, that's right. We did see each other. I was gonna say, I was like, I feel like I haven't seen you like in three, four weeks. You're having turg withdrawals <laughs> again. I mean, we went through this off air, and uh, it sounds like you're really, you're really jonesing for some turg in your life. <laughs> I've grown attached. That's that's what happens. It's like we're dating. Yeah, and I only like to get attached to a certain point, and that point was about a week ago. Uh oh. <laughs> so what does that mean for us? I don't know. Are we over? No. We already sent out our engagement photos. Oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> we got... Well, I got a lot of likes on that. You kind of got left behind. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, well. That happened. But, um... Oh, did I did I tell you about the girl that dumped me twice in a week? What? No. <laughs> yeah. This is news. Yeah, man. So, I was... Um, I was seeing this girl, and something had happened, and she had dumped me on a Friday. And I was, I was kind of down and out about it. And then she... You know, by the end of the day, she's like, oh, you know, I was acting irrationally. I'm sorry. You know, can we try to work it out that night? And I was like, oh, okay, well, sure. Let's go back to where uh, we were. And by Monday, I think Monday morning, we had grabbed coffee. And we were talking. And um, it was feeling it was feeling pretty good again. I was like, all right, cool. You know, didn't miss a step. And Tuesday morning, she had asked me something. And I wasn't comfortable with it. Well, hold on. What did she ask to make you not comfortable? I mean, that's pretty far. I mean, I don't, I don't say I know everything about you, but I know you well enough to know that you have a pretty, pretty thick skin. Yeah. So what okay. Did, what, what does? What What did she say? So this was okay. So I guess a little more background. She's a single mother, and oh. we'd only been seeing each other for about a month and a half. Mm-hmm. And she had asked me to help her move, and I, it. it she had two young kids, and it means I would have to meet her kids to help her move because they were going to be right. with her. And I wasn't really ready to help her move. Right. 
I mean, not help her move. I, was well, like, I hope I could help her. Yeah, meet her kids. Yeah, I could help her move. I just wasn't ready to meet the kids. And uh, and I told her that. And she was just like, well, you know, I respect that. And I think uh, I don't think you're ready for, for someone like me. And I was like, I think you're right. Not ready to take that next Mm-mm, step. No. Well, okay. Let me ask you this. Why weren't you ready to meet the kids? I mean, it's not like you were gonna they were gonna automatically gravitate toward you as a father figure. Right. You know, there's some kind of boundary there. Yeah. Takes I mean, you you've seen those movies in the nineties where, you know, the stereotypical white family and the stepmom comes into the question uh, into the equation rather, and the kids are hesitant to take on to, to, to latch on to her and yeah, just rebellious. Uh, what was that show on TGIF? Um, step, step by step. step. Yeah, <laughs> step by step. And uh, that that's a good example of kind of merging two families. Well, you didn't have that. You know, you don't have kids. But um, I might have a turtle after the end of tonight. <laughs> don't you fucking take my turtle, you son of a bitch. <laughs> but that, I mean, that's I think that's one of the things that I, I never expected to be in that kind of situation. And I never, I hate to say it, but I think I might have been a little, like, I don't even know the right word. Is this your mea culpa? I don't even know what that word means. Oh, your uh, admission of guilt? Possibly, yes. So yes. you felt like you over you overreacted? No, 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 no. I I stand true to how I felt in, oh. in my reaction. But I never thought I'd be in a situation where I would be dating somebody with kids. Okay, but you knew going into the situation that there might be a time where you would be introduced to said kids. Right. When I thought things, you know, once we figured out things were going to get a little more serious and probably a few more months down the line, but within the first, like, month, I mean, granted, we'd probably gone on, Mm -hmm. what, five, six dates, but in the first first two months, I just, that was just a little too much for me. I just wasn't ready for all that. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. I mean, I've never been in that situation. Yeah. um, To my knowledge. I could have been right. drunk. Oh, these are your kids. Oh, wow, they're cute. No, I, I, I tend to stay away from the ones, the situations that I know are going to put me in a very difficult position. Yeah, I don't know why. It's just natural. It's that instinct. But um, I feel like it, it, it's that desperation that you feel in your thirty. Do you feel like it's a desperation in your thirties or? I don't. I don't feel, and th- and that's the thing. She gave me, she had given me multiple outs. She was in a in a bad relationship before, and so she had pushed me away in other facets, um, in in what we were trying. I guess you know dating or whatever, and I kind of you know rode through it. And this time, she gave me an out, and I took it. I could have said no, you mm. know. I could have you know worked around it or you know figured out an alternative, but I I felt like I was just in over my head, and that was asking too much of what I was able to give at the moment. So I had to kind of, I just took the out. Why didn't you explain it like that? You knew what you were going into. Right. You had to have calculated the risk. Right. And we had discussed it too. And things just escalated a little too quickly for me. There is a lot more liability involved in a relationship at this age versus a relationship in your twenties. Yes. A lot more emotional engagement there's mm-hmm. a lot more riding on the line mm-hmm. and and you're more inclined to take things a little bit more seriously if you feel like you've met the right person but the other person needs to understand that you feel the same way about them 
Yes. Yeah. And she was an exceptional, exceptional young lady. Um, young lady. <laughs> you're already talking like you're fucking 50. Yeah. I mean, we're both 30. I don't I don't know how to phrase it, but I mean, she was really cool. I was really into her. Um, and I enjoyed getting to know her and talking to her. But this was just something just where I'm at in my life. I just. Yeah. That's understandable. I mean, you have your you have your you have your boundaries, too. Everyone does. Yeah. But it, it I don't know it. That's an interesting, I can't really gauge that. You know, I, I've never been in that situation, so it's just my outsider perspective. But that that emotional liability and that kind of, you're hanging yourself out there too. It's not fair to you. It's not fair to her. That whole thing might not, might not have been natural. It might not have been meant to happen. Perhaps, but I... Felt like maybe it was too forced. Not, no, it wasn't too forced, and, and and that's what bothered me. It was natural. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you like the forceful no. uh, meetings? <laughs> no. Bitch, get in the car! <laughs> <laughs> wow, she's so rude. <laughs> no, but it, it really... The one thing that it made me question is if... Well, one, I know I'm not ready for kids, but if kids are something that I see in my future now. And that's the one thing that is mm. it's made me really think about because of all the things that I'm involved in, all the different things that are pulling me from multiple directions where would a kid come into play there it is tough yeah and this is the thing i think we touched on this before and it was the whole thing about when when will you actually be ready if you're trying to pick a point in time where you're actually going to be ready to commit to anything in your life you're never going to commit that's true that's the harsh reality of becoming an adult in the sense of you have to be a little bit more decisive with your with your um, with your actions with your well, yeah with your actions you have to be very decisive and discern what is worth it and what is not that's why i kind of said there's a little bit more liability involved with the relationship at this age cuz every day wasted and this sounds kind of deep and epic and and really kind of taken to another level and it might not be right but every day wasted is a day lost. So you have to really calculate everything real precisely, you know, and that's, there's a whole lot to it. I mean, going back to your thing about kids, yeah, it's pretty big. And so, yeah, you're right. It might not be the right time. Well, what about for you? What about for me? Was deciding that you wanted to get married something that, you know, well, if I just don't do it, I'm never going to do it kind of deal. Or like was I like you, did you know you were ready and this is exactly what you were doing or, fuck no you never know you're ready and that's the thing, it, you don't know you're ready until you're there and even when you're there you might not know you're ready, but you have to commit to it and that's the thing you make a decision even as small as what to eat, for lunch, you make a decision you have to stick with it and that's my philosophy on life I don't back down from a challenge, I saw college as a challenge. I saw life after college as a severe challenge. I mean, shit, we, we couldn't, no one could find a job. Like half the country was, not half the country, but a lot of the country uh, was unemployed. You have to make that choice and stick with it. And that challenge, I the next challenge I had, really, and if you look at it like that, it really is the way, the way I view life as a series of challenges. The next challenge for me was marriage. And after that, just a kid kind of popped into play, and that was unexpected, so... I was kind of like, I wasn't expecting it, but I knew it was going to happen. 
at some point, but not last right. Tuesday. You know what I mean? Like, right. <laughs> right. I get, I get that. Did it make you feel some kind of way when it, when it happened, when you were, when you found out? That, I, that we were pregnant? Yeah. The first words out of my mouth was, were, oh, fuck. And I think Anna, yeah, she felt the same way. And after that, we felt guilty about saying that. You know, it was like we were yeah, bringing yeah, a, yeah. a child into the world. And I get that. Uh, what can you do? You know, it, it's kind of like we f- realized at that point in time that our lives were going to change forever. And I don't think we were ready, but we had to commit to that. Again, because we made the decision to do what we did, and we had to live with it. But on the other hand, would I change it? Again, I, I've said this before, and I, I will maintain this position for the rest of my life. I would never change it. Because my son is fucking awesome, and he's turned into a really cool kid, and I hope I hope that I can see it through to the end. But uh, uh, as far as as far as kids go, I mean, you got to realize that shit does not go away. They're there forever. I mean, you're going to see them 24-7. That's why, kid, that's why now I realize why parents send their kids off to fucking school so early. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, on that note, it, it goes to the point where you're engulfed almost entrenched in your decision to where you have to realize how much that decision weighs on the present and now kind of going off what you said earlier everything changes you live for them everything you do is for them everything you buy everything you eat everything they eat every every experience that you share is for them yeah and i and it's a beautiful thing really and I think it's an amazing experience. And for the first time in my life, which is hard to admit, I feel, I mean, just this year alone, I've I've already declared that this is probably the most selfish I've ever been in my life. Hmm. And the things that I've done, um, projects I've taken on, how I've allocated my time, this is, this is actually the longest I've been single, I think, in, since my early 20s. And it's, I mean, as it's... Good days and bad days. More bad than good, I'd imagine. No. Yeah. Yeah. You you don't get. I used to get lonely. It was a very lonely. You know, there's there's times where I miss um, past girlfriends, uh, certain things, certain moments that we used to share, things Mm -hmm. that we found funny, or Mm -hmm. you know, songs come up or things pop up, and just like, oh yeah, that you know, triggers a memory. But for the most part, I also know I wouldn't be able to live the way I've lived the last the last year with having to be accountable for somebody else too not like saying i'm reckless but you know who would let you just take or not who would let you but who would be okay with you just being on the road for that long mm-hmm. and not knowing exactly where you're going just showing up to the airport and just where's the next flight going out mm-hmm. put me on it you know that's it's reckless to an extent you're being I, w- I would classify it as more adventurous than anything yeah and more in, in enlisting your creative side and just saying, fuck it. In reality, I have no liability. I don't owe anyone anything. And I owe it to myself to get out there and do do the things that I want to. To contrast that, I go to Kentucky for a week for work. Or, you know, if I'm going, going to be going to Canada soon. Um, you are? Yeah, for work. Oh, I'm sorry, because in my in my head I was thinking I was like I was gonna say how I had invited you to Canada in June, 
And, you know, because we're going for four days, we got these dumb, cheap tickets. For, yeah. 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 I remember right? that. And I was like, hey, you want to go? I'll buy your ticket right now and you can just pay me back later. And you're like, how many days? And I was like, five days. You're like, oh, I can't be away from my kid that long. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's, that's profound. Well, if you think about it that way, every moment I'm away from him, I'm losing time with him. And that, in the back of my mind, sometimes at work, I just stop everything I'm doing and then I just open up a picture of him and I just look at it. And I'm like, damn, you know, I wish I was. I, I wish I was fucking around with him right now in the backyard or or throwing shit, you know, in the house and playing basketball, you know. Mm-hmm. I, it Like, even now, you know, it's time away from him, but at least here, it's kind of it's cool because I could see him before the podcast now. The first two episodes, I couldn't see him. I'd miss him for the whole night, and I would go to sleep, and I would wake him up in the morning the next day before I went to work, and just so I could see him, and, you know, he'd say, you know, He'd wake up and he'd see me. He'd be all happy, and it's one of those things where that's the moment I live for now. You know, mm-hmm. my life's completely changed. Yeah. So yeah, everything that I do is for him. Yeah. You know, I started collecting uh, toys, uh, those little Funko Pop toys. I think I got about like thirty of them now. Mm-hmm. I I started kind of refocusing my life now, and reassessing everything that I'm doing. Primarily because, again, it goes back to uh, parallel that statement that I made earlier. Every minute spent, it has to be calculated in my life now. I have to know what I'm going to be doing. Even washing the dishes or making dinner when Anna doesn't want to wash the dishes or make dinner. Or even when I volunteer, which is seldom. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm spending time away from him. But he comes and bugs us and all that. And, and that's cool, but I'd rather be reinforcing his, his knowledge and his, his curiosity yeah. Rather than just doing that shit, you know. That's why I'm all like, "Fuck, let's get a maid or something like that." But uh, we'll see about that. You know, I, I I feel like I have the same feeling, but towards my work. Like every time I, because I, you know, I still have the balance. I have I have a day job, which is it's cool, it's great, I enjoy it, but it doesn't always fulfill me in the ways that I my creative interests mm-hmm. do. And so when I come home in the days that I'm either just drained and I come home eat dinner and just like veg out really i just fall asleep that's what ends up happening and i don't do anything towards my projects towards the film especially yeah i feel i feel guilty yeah because i want to get this done i want to you know i feel like there's been so much momentum behind it and people continuing to support support it uh and here i am i've only gotten the first minute done you're kidding. I thought editing. you had more than that. No. I mean, I've tried to do a trailer here and there, but it's difficult siphoning through that footage. But, you know, that minute took me like a week because I cut, I think, at least 20 different clips to make that sequence. Hmm. And I'm exaggerating. It's probably only 30 seconds, really. But that's that's what's where where I feel guilty about my time not being allocated enough. And then I think, you know, if, if a kid comes into play, which if that were to happen... I have no doubts in my mind that I would step up and you know take care of it. That's not. That's never been a thought in my mind that it wouldn't happen that way. But I just quetch, I question where all my other things would fall. You have to realign your priorities again, and I think we're. Uh, you gotta refocus to what's important to you, obviously, and what's important to you now might not be what's important to you in a couple of days, or a couple of weeks, or a couple of months. Mm-hmm. You gotta look on it. Uh, Short-term and long-term and kind of combine them into one vision where you see yourself going. But, I mean, that all doesn't happen if you're not taking care of yourself. I mean, I've mentioned this to you before. You can fall off and 
complete and die and you have nothing to show for it. Yeah. You know, I mean, your business is, you're prioritizing your business right now. You are being selfish and you're neglecting yourself primarily because you're not taking care. And I shouldn't be talking because I haven't gone to the gym in a couple months, but we have to take care of ourselves. And that now at 30, especially now more than ever, you're starting to feel the, the physical changes. Oh, yeah, bro. Shit in the morning, I can't even bend down without like a little bit of weird kind of stiffness in my lower back. Like, what the hell? You like know? my entire torso, like I feel is is stiff in the morning when I wake up like that. Weird. You know, and once upon a time, I was an athlete, and I remember, yeah, I remember, yeah, <laughs> I remember yeah. in college, and I hated it. I hated waking up at every day at five a.m. to do, uh, what's, what's that thing? It's really popular now for CrossFit. We had to do CrossFit. Oh, CrossFit! Yeah, I hated it. They had all the. It, we were in the dungeon, and the dungeons were, I think, with the, the. At UCR. Yeah. Oh yeah, the old athletic center. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And at every station was a trash can. Yep. And, oh, I just hated it. Yeah, I remember that. Hated it, man. It was the worst. And and after I, you know, injury plagued by injuries and I just wasn't able to cut it anymore and I got released, I had no reason to work out anymore. And I just had no desire to. So since then, what is your what is your drive toward taking care of yourself kind of look like? It's kind of gone downhill. Oh yeah, absolutely. And mm. and now now I feel like I I need to take care of myself more because because I guilt tripped you the other day. You did guilt trip me the <laughs> other day. <laughs> but not only that because if I don't do it now, if I don't create a habit now, it's going to get harder later. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I have, I have, you know, cancer on both sides. I have heart diseases on both sides, um, diabetes on both sides. Of the family, not his body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, both sides of my family. So I, I'm like super high risk for all this shit. Yeah. So I have to, I have to take a hold of my health now. And you're right. You have to build a habit. And if you don't build a habit and if you don't work that into your routine, none of what you're doing right now matters. And I, again, I don't, I was going to the gym. I got real sick for uh, what? Shit. I was out for like two, three months. And then uh, I'm still kind of recovering. But it goes without saying that is that that served to me those two to three months that I was just out. That served as a wake-up call like get your shit together ironically enough i think working out and putting my body through that stress because i was waking up at 3 a.m mm-hmm. going to the gym and at work yeah. by 5 45 ish yeah and then i don't get out of work until 4 30 and that kind of day i think kind of built up to why i got so kind of overworked yeah. but yeah, for sure at the same time i felt great leading up to that point where i didn't <laughs> and that eventual downfall i mean it was bad, but that was a wake-up call to me. Yeah, I, I just don't want to see people that I care about, um, present company included, uh, fall into that. Yeah, because it's not somewhere that is fun to go. Yeah, you know, in 2014, now that I think about it, I was actually back in the gym regularly, and I had gotten down. I was I was slimming down a little bit, but then that December, um, actually broke a bone in my foot, and it just it was just hurting to walk, so I couldn't really stand very much and. So I couldn't run. I couldn't be on the treadmill. I could do weightlifting, but that's not really my thing. I was more cardio. Yeah. Mm. And then I I think I got back in in the gym probably by early summer. And then I was on a cruise in Mexico or a cruise to Mexico and getting out the hot tub, slipped and fell and fractured my shin. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. And so I was out for like the rest of the year on that one. So that's not. That was 2015, <laughs> your, bro. Your history of falling precedes any of what we've already spoken about on on oh, air oh yeah I, did i tell you i fell recently what 
And I'm actually wearing the same uh, shoes now. So when I when I fell in Austin, I was wearing these shoes that I'm wearing right now. Okay. All right. I think I talked about that in either the first or second first episode. I can't I remember. Think, yeah. And these these shoes, I was wearing these shoes. I remember specifically. I was wearing a brand new pair of pants I got from Old Navy. And I was walking back to my office. I noticed that there it had been the path I was taking had been blocked off for, with construction, and so I was going to cut through the communication building. And I was as I was coming down the stairs. I look to my right and I see that it's also cut off there. And I was like, fuck. So I was like mid, mid way down the three steps. My foot got caught on the step and I just went down again. <laughs> and, and I had my phone in my hand and right here, you can see that it's like scratched up from where I fell. Oh, shit. And then I actually have a scar on my hand from where like, I, cause I came down. So my, I, I don't know what this is called when you move your wrist. All Brace the way yourself. No, no, no. Cause I, I went straight down and landed on my chest. I didn't want to use my hands. Cause like I said, I, I didn't want to break my arms. Oh, you are a hand model in your, in your free time too. I know this ruined my career. It's a Zoolander, reference. right? But I, like, I had this scar right here on my hand, on my palm, because I was trying to save my phone. Because my phone was like a week old, so I got my phone scratched up. I was ready to rip my pants. I got up, dusted myself off, and yeah, so I, that's why I ended up buying. And stuff. there are a lot of people on campus at USC too. There was nobody around. It was before it was before classes started again for the spring semester. This was last week? No, this was like last month. Last early, month? Early, oh, early, last early month. Ju- early January. Okay. All right. Wow. Yeah, and I'd been already like going back and forth in my head about whether I want to like really invest in a nice pair of shoes. And after I scuffed these up, I was like, oh, I don't think I'm ready for this kind was of thing. Was that commitment. the pair that you brought to my house? Yes. That's why I bought those. And, and showed them? Yeah, that's why I ended up buying those. Those are like Smell perfectly good. fit. Like out, yeah. out the box, just completely formed to my sh- my foot. They're good leather. Oh, it's beautiful. They're beautiful shoes. These, yeah. are, these are a piece of crap that I'm wearing now. And you can right. see the scuffs from where I've hit the steps and like <laughs> fallen multiple times. Battle scars, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you I didn't live with them. I thought I thought I was only getting clumsy recently, but apparently I've been doing this. It's kind of a habit. It seems like yeah. <laughs> it seems like it's habitual. It's, uh, we all have patterns in our lives. It's kind of funny that you brought that up. <laughs> but um, it's it's one of those things where if you come to me a month from now and tell me you fell down, I don't think I'm going to laugh anymore. I'm going to be concerned. <laughs> concerned for many reasons. So one day you're just going to fall and I'm not going to hear from you for like a month. You're going to be in the fucking hospital. Like, yeah. Live from Kaiser Sunset. <laughs> <laughs> Talk dirty to me. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're getting old. <laughs> That's horrible. When you're falling at 30, you just know your fucking 60s and on is going to be fucking riddled with hip injuries and the <laughs> like. I mean, you're fucked. I need to, I need to drink more milk, bro, <laughs> so I don't get that osteoporosis and they'll, they'll be able to last for the falls. <laughs> I can't do this. <laughs> Mental images are stifling. <laughs> stifling in a comedic way. Oh, man. I fall gracefully, though. Do you? Yeah. So, okay. <clears throat> we talked uh, last week, and you said you were going to go to the gym the following day and wake up at 5 o'clock. Okay. And I made you feel bad because I used to wake up at 3 to go to the gym to get to work on time. And you get to work at fucking like 8 or 9 o'clock. I have to get to work at the crack of dawn. So, did you end up making it to the gym? I played the fifth. <laughs> I don't understand why it's so difficult for people to wake up early. I mean, it's just sometimes I just have the desire to be in the gym. Like, I'd rather, it's hard because, like, just, just finding time to be active and doing other things, then it's like, well, what, what do I do? I don't, I really, 
I'm at a loss, but that's probably me just not putting enough effort into it. Yeah, there are other things you could do. I mean, you don't need to go to the gym. You can lead yourself into it, or not lead yourself into it. You can work up to going to the gym, or maybe work exercise into a hobby that you like. What I found uh, that I've been doing recently is kind of reconnecting with things that I used to do, kind of like rehashing old old pastimes, I guess. Now that I have a son, it's a little bit different because I can, like I said, it's kind of fun sharing these kinds of things with him. So recently we went hiking, took him up to Monrovia Falls. He walked the whole way up there. Really? He, I did not carry him. I did not hold him. I did not help him. What's I mean, I held his hand on the tricky parts. He walked the whole way there. And on the way down, I carried him on my back and I just ran the whole trail. I, show, I put him on my shoulders and I ran the whole trail. He loved it. He was going nuts. Because I was jumping all over the place, bouncing off of rocks and all that. <laughs> Parkour! <laughs> yeah, kind of like that. And he, he was cracking up. And, uh, you know, I had pretty solid footing and, and I wasn't taking any chances. But uh, that's one of the things that I want to start doing more. And shit, we could we could go hiking together um, with 8th End and we could do that whole thing. And it's fun. It's outdoors. You still get a workout and shit, I was sore for the next two days. Really? I Welcome to 30. all right so it was kind of weird um but again uh, shit i was squatting over 300 before i got sick and i was sore from hiking three quarter mile with with ethan on my back Hmm. it's an extra 25 30 pounds i think he's about 30 pounds and my water bottle i mean that's sad it was sore it really is everything too my whole my whole lower body was i was like wow what the I didn't even, like, I didn't feel tired or anything after. But yeah. That's 30. So, I mean, hiking is one thing. What what else? I don't even know, man. But it's Things that I used to do when I was younger. I mean, even if I'm talking about, like, in the childhood when we were just running around in the streets and playing football and, you know, whatever. Like, I know I can't even, I can't even keep up with doing that. There's There's some things I probably could do or, you know, going to the batting cages. I do that every so often. It's fun, but when you're out of practice, you break bats. You're not what you used to be. Oh, I know. Timing's man. off. Yeah, hand eye coordination bad. is it's you know, bad. dwindling. Because back back when I was in my prime, the little leaguers used to like watch me when I was in the cage, and now I'm over there in the corner, like trying to hide. And right. Make sure no one sees right. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> that's me all the time. You know, I off the top of my head, I can't think of anything really. But that's probably because I'm like stifled right now with. With my saving shock, I'm in the I'm in I'm in the home buying process, and part of it is I have to set aside this specific amount every month what the mortgage would be right. to stay eligible for this nonprofit that I'm going through, mm. um, and it's it's keeping me at home quite so, a bit. But I mean, I was always a homebody; that wasn't an issue. But I just I'm not getting creative at all with other things I could be doing. There are things on the cheap, but it does take a very sound and disciplined mind to budget and that's pretty important i think we kind of touched on this in uh our our blog post um the journey 30 uh bucket list Mm -hmm. where we mentioned that you have to kind of leverage your equity and invest in yourself to kind of build that portfolio to be a little bit more of a well-rounded individual individual financially primarily and I think what you're doing is good to an extent. And I remember going through the home buying process. It was a nightmare. Yeah. And I know 
I've been, I've been, that's like the only way I've been texting you like this last couple of weeks is, hey, what do you think of this property? Hey, right. I looked at yeah. this. What do you think? Um, uh, this is the thing. And I feel bad giving you my honest opinion. But if I had someone kind of telling me what not to do when I was buying a home, which I kind of did and kind of didn't because the market's completely changed. So there aren't a lot of people that I knew that had bought a house recently. Mm-hmm. But if I had someone giving me insight, it would have been a little bit more helpful toward my decision. Not that we made a bad decision. I love my house. But um, the whole process was just so lengthy. Fortunately for us, we bought our house right as the market started going. Like right before it started taking off, we bought our house. So now it's pretty difficult. Yeah. So you've done – you've gone through how many uh, Uh, properties? I think five properties, one offer, withdrawn an offer. And right. they, ironically, they, they came back and countered to bring me back in. I was just like, I, I didn't know people do that. That's, It's a sign of desperation. Yeah. And it, it's kind of. It's not very common. No. but So something must be wrong there. Dead bodies under the floorboards kind of stuff. I was going to tell you it's across the street from a cemetery. That's Is it really? Yeah. Weird. And I thought, I was like, oh. so You didn't tell me that before. Oh, I thought I did. The reason why I liked it is because I thought there'd always be parking. You know, and that's, it's, it's a multi- <laughs> multi-property uh unit that i'm buying and uh, i get there and no parking anytime oh so, so like, no street eh. parking yeah is it an active cemetery or a uh, an old okay what's an active cemetery and what <laughs> okay fair <laughs> enough um is it a cemetery that's full or is I it a cemetery no idea, that's still accepting honest, new I have, bodies i have no idea <laughs> i don't want to talk about this anymore <laughs> okay but going back to what we were saying like I said, what you're doing is great. Yeah. But you can't let it restrict you. It, to an extent, it does. It kind of handcuffs you regardless. I mean, Yeah, because of the escrow process yeah, and all that. Yeah, if you put any can't. money into your account, they want to know about it. You have to yeah. write a letter of uh, explanation. If anything comes from a you know, foreign source, it's not either your income or... Okay, so the letter of explanation is a normal thing? I thought it was just for this... this process yeah. i was going through it's a normal thing yeah uh, okay. they want to know about every every movement that you have yeah. in your accounts because that is money that is um that has to be accounted for yeah and they're basically relying on your financial your credit worthiness by way of your checking account so here's here's the thing and this is what i've been struggling with is in my mind i always figured if i'm if i was buying by myself i was gonna buy something small single family condo whatever and you know, use that for however long I need it until it's time for marriage, family, whatever, and I need something bigger. There you go. Rent that out, buy something else. Right. I didn't qualify. Well, I mean, I qualified, but it was like for peanuts. I, nothing you can get in California mm-hmm. for what I qualified for. But I qualified for a multi-unit property, um, triplexes and quadplexes. And No duplexes? No, I didn't qualify for a duplex. Really? Yeah. That's a different qualification process entirely? Well, no, it's less income generating. Right. So, okay. They're they're basically they're basing your eligibility on uh, the income. Correct. Oh. Yeah, the income that those properties would generate on top of me having to live there. And I'm I'm so stressed out with it to be completely honest. It's it's so taxing. And then just thinking about like having to find tenants and dealing with all that stuff. It's just, you know, I was telling my dad about the counter offer that the last property gave me. And I told my dad and then he looked at me. He's like, well, you can't have a heart in this business. And he walked away and I was like, why, why are you so dramatic? <laughs> that was very, that was a very emotional statement. He, cause he told me, cause Which I told him ironic, about it. Cause it's the antithesis. Of right. It. He, uh, I was telling him how the, 
the two units were remodeled. The one unit, the final unit, had was a one bedroom, had seven people living in it. It's completely trash. Every day this number grows. First it was five, then six, now seven. Well, no, it was six. It was six to start, but my mom swears she saw seven. Okay. Like, okay. I only saw six beds, but okay. Six bed. At least they all had a bed. Yes, they all had a bed, but the mold in the bathroom was just disgusting. You'd have to gut the entire bathroom. Yeah, I know. It's just, it's just the fact that the families all had a kid that was special needs, so like there was wheelchair ramps and wheelchairs all over the place, and then having to evict them for the sale to go through. Yeah, they're, they're, your dad put it perfectly. Yeah, I'm just struggling with it. Well, you can't really have a heart in that business. You got to be you. It is your property, your investment, your money, your yeah. liability at the end of the day, and. You're not making the decision, so you don't have to worry about that. If he's going to sell, he's going to have to do the same thing anyway, and whether it's to you or someone else. And that is that is kind of going back to what we talked about earlier, the liability involved with being at, uh, with growing up, really. I mean, at any age, whenever that age is that you officially designate as, hey, I'm grown up now, there is a lot of liability and in your 20s you had a disregard for that for that detriment yeah and that's kind of like the underlying theme of of your 30s you have to be careful because every mistake will cost you that much more yeah so in that with that being said it might be a blessing in disguise yeah you know i i think about it and as big or as difficult as problems were before i i really truly feel like this is probably like the biggest thing i've ever had to like kind of deal with and it's so overwhelming just the entire home buying process welcome to your thirties. <laughs> what can i say i mean it is the first step in a series of overwhelming things and it's, it kind of feels like i'm i'm are you big brothering me right now kind <laughs> of but i don't want want it to sound like that it it's fucked up because buying a home is should be the least of your worry i'm thinking this is fucking nothing dude yeah. If you could do this, yeah, just wait, you know. Um, you, yeah, life kind of puts you through the ringer at 30 and, and beyond. I mean, shit, the next steps in your life are only going to grow, but this is the thing. You're building toward that, and you're building that scar tissue, that thicker skin. You know, that skin yeah. is becoming even thicker. That experience really is setting in, and you might feel like you're not ready, and shit, I felt this the other day. I was like, you know, maybe I'm really not ready to be a dad. Mm. And it dawns on me every now and then to the point where it, it's kind of scary. But at the same time, I'm already a dad. I kind of have to live with it. You have to put yourself in that position to say, I'm already a home buyer. Yeah, I've already come this far. You might as well commit. Right. But we've already established my issue with commitment. <laughs> but that's that's where you have to kind of draw on your inner self to incite change and inspire yourself to kind of go above that mentality. Maybe that is a part of your 20s that has yet to be shed. I mean, I guess part of me agrees, and yeah, maybe I have to grow out of that still, but I don't necessarily feel that's exactly where I am. But, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I do. It's one of those things where you are going to have to reflect upon it. And it just takes a little bit more 
presence of mind, I guess. You got to look at yourself from the outside looking in. And that requires potentially a more well-rounded view of the world around you and how it relates to your life and how it plugs into your being. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's more than just like the meditation aspect of it. I mean, but that's essentially what I need to do because I haven't really been practicing that. Like I said, we were before me either. Um, I've tried it a few times and meditation doesn't need to be completely dedicated to the setting in the environment like they say you can you can meditate at work you can just take a little step back but you have to kind of realize that everything in everything around you is a stimulus to uh, you yeah right yeah because I mean, kind of like a really dumbed down way of saying it there's a lot that's going on around you and it's easy to get lost in it all you know from texting snapchatting facebook twitter everything else that you might be involved you're not really involved in that. I'm involved in those things, but I no, I'm not. I, I mean, I'm kind of forcing myself to be involved in them now a little bit more. Um, my wife and I have really been against uh, posting pictures of Ethan on social media, primarily because we don't know there was where those pictures are going, and I don't think I'm comfortable with that. You know, so there's no Ethan on the internet. Um, I've kind of now with the podcast, I feel like I have to be a little bit more involved which I am, I'm trying to grow my voice in social media, but it's just so time-consuming. It really is. Technology is time-consuming. If you are a techie and you enjoy that stuff, you could definitely lose hours playing around with it. And I am. And I am. And I love technology, and it is very time-consuming. And I feel like it serves as more of a detriment, that and social media, to our society. Yeah. You know, it, it completely changes the interactions. I mean, I have students that email me, uh, hey, can you do this for me? Like, that's not how you address me. I am a professional. Uh, right. <laughs> you, you spell out your words. <laughs> not not using shorthand on right. your emails. Yeah, right. it's kind of weird. But you know, but even even just interactions, it, you know, everything is. It's weird because everything is documented, which is great, but at the same time, it, it takes away from the moment. Yeah. And, I'm I'm the worst when it comes to because people love taking selfies or taking pictures like documenting. I'm the worst at that. I I rarely ever take a picture of where I'm at. I'll take a picture of something I see that catches my eye, but never is it like, oh look who I met today or oh just finished the meeting with so yeah. Know, I'm just not that person. Same so I here. don't I don't think of I don't think to do that because I'm more involved in in the moment. So here's this, and this is what what's coming right now through my head is, 2004, Facebook comes out. We were not a social media people before that. Yeah. There was no such thing. I mean, there was MySpace. Friendster. Friendster and all that, but that was very limited in scope. Yeah. To the extent where you couldn't really do a whole lot with it. I mean, you could, but you couldn't. How did we evolve to to get to be this dependent? Yeah, this dependent, this type of person where we're constantly relying on our phones to tell us what's going on, who's doing what, where, who's where. I don't do that crap either. I, when I go on vacation, I don't want people to know I'm on fucking vacation. I kind of do, but I don't. But I feel it's like people are using social media to for the wrong reasons. I'm not going to go into detail about it, but they're using social media for the wrong reasons. 
It's building a facade. What they want people to think about that. I, I, I didn't want to go there, but yeah, it, it's true. Yeah, it's kind of like internet boasting, showboating. Yeah. Showing off stuff that really doesn't represent you as a person. I mean, I see people's stuff on social media, people that I know very, very well. I'm like, that's not you. Yeah. You know, I had a conversation about this um, probably a month or two ago. My friend Ralphie, uh, we had linked up to do one of the interviews for the film, and we were talking about... We both started our businesses around the same time, give or take, and we've actually done some collaborative projects together. And one thing we, we, we're we talking about is we share a lot of our successes, and that makes everything else seem easy. And one thing that we haven't really reveled in is is our failures and our setbacks and how that you know plays a role in the confidence, how that plays a role in how you bounce back, how that plays a role in the next decision you're going to make. And it's so important, but nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about how they've screwed up. Nobody talks about where they've gone wrong. And I think that as as these younger kids come in after us, they see just the the highlights. Right. And that I think that also changes everybody's interaction. And that also influences the perception people have of you. And that changes how they treat you in person. Yeah, you might have a point there. And and sometimes it does agitate me when I see something from someone and they're completely misrepresenting themselves on social media. And I'm not going to name any names, but it, it's kind of disconcerting when you see that kind of thing. And kind of a lot more annoying than disconcerting because it, it kind of plays on the wrong emotions with that other person that, that's viewing that. And they don't really realize that when they're posting it, but it's like. Why the fuck are you going that far that far out of your way to post something that doesn't represent you? What are you trying to do here? Mm-hmm. But you're totally right. We take away the human element of life through social media. Yeah, you know, perfection erases humanity. And that's that's I think what people are able to do with social media. They're able to create this perfect image of themselves. And it just really tarnishes the entire experience of going through life because certain failures certain setbacks that's what's going to really create who you are it develops your character it develops how you're just going to go through life but that's the sad part about it now i feel like social media is a place where we go to just disconnect from reality and just kind of unwind you know and we are living vicariously through other people instead of using social media as a tool to help other people or to help ourselves. Yeah. It it definitely happens a lot more for people that like myself that are on social media daily throughout the day. I actually haven't been as much, but for the most part, you know, when it comes time for work and, and business time, I'm actually using it for the purpose of connecting for most, in most instances, like Twitter, especially um, Instagram is completely different in way, way you use that platform. But after, after I like I'm on, you know, if there's an award show, State of the Union, whatever the case is, I'm on Twitter to see what everyone is reacting to and how they're, they're, you know, interpreting what's being said. You know, from the debates, I mean, Twitter's hilarious for that. Yeah, but it's also taking away from the moment that you're living in. So here we go. We have two parallel events happening, right? You have your social media going off, popping off at the same time as the actual event. What are you actually paying attention to? 
Are you being biased by the opinions and the viewpoints in social media rather than listening and forming your own opinion based off what's actually going on? Or are you that person that's for there are two roles. Are you that person that's forming the opinion for the other people who are following you on on social media? Yeah, that's the two worlds. Now we have the leaders and we have the followers and the leaders are obviously the people with massive, you know, Facebook and Twitter followings. Mm -hmm. So it's unfortunate for everyone else. And now you you're kind of forced to think like everyone else. Yes and no, because with that, that same kind of concept, it's not just the four leaders that the media is presenting to us now. We have other people that we're able to reach and see and hear other perspectives that are conflicting or uh, in agreement with what's being said in those particular um, environments. But here we go. You're not paying attention to that environment. You're paying attention to social media. Yes. So what do you really believe in? You know, not not what do you really believe in? What do you really taking away from that moment so that's weird to me because i am a very like i live in the moment kind of person i can't do social media primarily because i feel like it takes me out of that moment and when i do do social media i always find the wrong time for it you know when i'm when i'm driving or when i'm doing something i should that's just reckless yeah well obviously no not when i'm literally at the wheel when i'm at a stoplight pop uh you know uh, open uh, facebook or twitter see what's going on oh lights green guy behind me is honking gotta go you oh. know kind of thing but, i thought um, you were on snapchat popping bottles at the red light <laughs> i was driving behind the sheriff the other day <laughs> and i was like i was so tempted to pick up my phone drive right by him and you know take a selfie <laughs> kind of thing <laughs> Like, what are you going to do, man? Anyway. You're just another fucking asshole. <laughs> I'm just another fucking asshole. But that's my viewpoint on social media. And it might it might be valid. It might not be. But I don't really care for it. I'm trying to. Trying to really adopt it. I love technology, but I don't feel like social media was that aspect of technology that really I latched on to. Hmm. It's very... Technology is time-consuming as it is. Technology is that much or uh, social media rather is that much more time consuming yeah well i mean i guess that's what we ask everybody to kind of hold you accountable wow really <laughs> so what tweet tweet turk at, are you using which 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 twitter are you using your person or are you using the, the uh, talk 30 pod i think we both use both now yeah but yeah i am on twitter i don't have a lot of twitter followers of actual people that I know, just random people, and then I got like f maybe a dozen people that I actually know on Twitter. Not a lot of people use Twitter that I know. I was gonna say, uh, actually, I know. Uh, no, a lot of people use Twitter. Yeah. A lot of people use Twitter, but not a lot of people I know use Twitter. Um, but I am at the underscore ruined, and we are at Talk Thirty Pod on Twitter. And you I, are... I'm at I am Randy Z On Twitter. On Twitter. And then uh, we are on Facebook at uh, Let's Talk 30. And if you haven't already, share this with your friends. Because it's one of those things where we put a lot of time and effort into um, a lot of our thoughts. And we really appreciate that you guys are listening to this. And we want to reach out to a lot more people. And we want to interact with people. We want to talk to other people that are 
dealing with the same things we're dealing or dealing with different things that we haven't even thought of or experienced yet. That's the whole point of social media. I feel like if we start using it for that purpose, I feel like we can get a whole lot more out of it. And a lot of you might not agree. And to me, that would be very disappointing if you didn't. Um, Primarily because I get on social media and I really want to look for something interesting. And if you guys find this interesting, we hope you share it and tell us what you think, what you like and what you don't like, certain things that might jive with where you are in life, share what you can and can't relate to. And maybe if it's even at all relevant to you, near, at, or beyond 30, either way, we'd like to know. So come find us. Look us up online. Find us on Twitter. Find us on Facebook. Interact with us. You know, post questions yourself. We'll share it with our community. We just want to grow. And you can definitely help us get there. So, forward, talk 30 to me. I'm Turg. And I'm Randy Z. And, oh. Oh. Oh, Sankey. Well, Sankey wasn't even here today. We had time set aside for him. A chunk of time. Yeah, we, I mean, so this is probably going to be like 15 minutes shorter than our usual episode because Sankey ah, wasn't here. We were supposed to have him as a guest. Too, yeah. Well, next time. Next time. Next we'll time. Get him Remember, everyone, this is just the beginning. Good night. Thanks for listening. Catch you on the flip side. You're so corny. (laughs) (laughs) We're keeping it. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, he claws out. No, really? Yeah. No, a turtle bit my cat. Right? No! <laughs> what? How is that even possible? Did you know I told you I let my turtle out? Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, my cat was out. I forget exactly. It just really gets me thinking. Like, that, that's what I'm like. I never thought of Huh. I never thought of it that way. Huh. Huh. Hmm. <laughs> that doesn't make me an asshole. If that doesn't, then what does? Everything else. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> what a dick. There's no context to this. <laughs> Laughing about the turtle. <laughs> <laughs>